0: well good morning church it is so great to see all of you here i'm ricky the senior pastor if you're here for the very first time welcome i pray that you have been blessed by the welcoming uh you know atmosphere as well as the freely of worshiping our lord and savior jesus christ together i also want to say thank you for those of you who are joining us through our online family church family well, this morning, ladies and gentlemen, I actually got up and, you know, first of all, uh, that extra hour of sleep. I mean, do you know how much beauty sleep I need in order to get things? <laughs> so every hour, you know, counts, you know, for, for me. But, but I got up this morning as I was getting dressed, you know, putting in the shirt. I was like, God, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful, for first, first of all, for another day of life. Right? There was, and all of a sudden, as soon as I started doing that, there were other things that popped into my mind of things I was thankful for. So for example, uh, apart from having another day of life, I was thankful that I was going to come to the house of the Lord to worship him. And then, amen, and then I was thankful that I was not going to be by myself, that I was going to be worshiping with other believers in Christ, and we're thankful for that. I, I was thankful for that extra hour of sleep. Then I started thinking, I'm thankful that as I go to worship that we get to take communion together. Oh, God, we're so thankful. I mean, and the list kept on going on. I'm thankful that we started a new sermon series that is titled, The Attitude of Gratitude. And I shared with you a moment ago that we're going to have communion, and so I want to go right into the, 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 the message in a sense, so that way we, we take part of the, of, the, of the message, but also we prepare our hearts and minds to receive communion here today. So let me start off with at least two questions. And please, I don't need you to uh, raise your hand or things. Uh, if you've ever had someone that you feel that has always looked down upon you, no matter how much you tried to get better at what you do, that person continues to bring you down on a regular basis. Not maybe saying it out loud, but you feel it like, oh, they're, here, they're rolling their eyes, or, or it's like, oh, or whatever it may be. So you have that type of person, but also, how about the individual that, from the outside, is fine and dandy with you, He's, he or she is good with you while they're there present, but then you find out or, or know that they're actually talking about you behind your back with other people, that means that person is not true, that person is not authentic, that person is not real with the relationship that they have with you. And I'm sure that if I did ask for a hand, uh, you know, if you've ever dealt with any one of those two individuals, I think most people uh, would raise their hand, but please don't do so. And so here's a part. of Those two examples we're going to see happening in today's story. I'm going to invite you to please open up to the book of Luke chapter 7, and we're going to see what transpired with Jesus being invited to a banquet, uh, you know, uh, going to someone's home. I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, so if you have your own Bible or your devices, maybe the translation is a little different, but today the words will be up on the lower part, uh, portion of the, of the screen. You can follow along. I'm going to read uh, Luke 7, beginning on verse 36. And uh, I'm going to go all the way to 50, but I'm not going to do that, you know, all in one shot. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop intermittently throughout this uh, story. So the Bible says this. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. So let me pause there for a moment already. So Pharisee, if you're like, what's a Pharisee? It's not really the individual's name, but it was who they were. A Pharisee was a a member of the ancient Jewish uh, sect where they were really strict on the traditional written law. And so people knew that they were really strict on it. People knew that. And this type of individual is the one that invited Jesus to come and eat at at his home. And so when you look at those, and the other, the other two um, uh, definitions of Pharisee was a self-righteous person, and then you deal with a hypocrite. And you'll actually see that in other scripture references in the Bible when they, they, refer, they reference um, Pharisees to hypocrites. So that's what the Pharisee uh, is about. So this individual is the one that invited Jesus in, and then, in the midst of that story, this woman comes in, hearing that Jesus is eating at that location, goes prepared to take a be- an alabaster, a beautiful alabaster jar with the expensive perfume. And what does the Bible is telling us? The Bible is telling us that she went, and she went by his feet, and she was crying. And by the midst of crying, her tears were falling on his feet, and then she let go. I can imagine she let go of her hair, and she is cleaning, you know, wiping the tears and cleaning the dust off of Jesus' feet with her own tears. And then she's pouring out that expensive perfume on his feet. And so if you're like me, I sometimes uh, question, it's like, how how could that be? How could, was she under the table? I'm the only one that thinks that way? Okay. <laughs> so I, I read into it more, and, and no, when, when we think of going to you know, eat uh, somebody's uh, home or, or a restaurant, you go and you think at the table, and then you, the, the chair gets pulled out, you're, you're, you're seated, and, and so normally your feet are on the floor, but... In that ancient time, also in the biblical times, I'm going to come over on this side over here, so they can get a good shot of me. I'm going to, uh, whoever is uh, doesn't have any back problems, I may ask for your help to lift me back up. All right. <laughs> so what they do, all right, this is what I was told, is that they would have the table laid out or on, on the ground, and they would have pillows, and they would use their left uh, their left elbow, and then when they're eating, they'd go and they they dip the stuff like a a spinach and artichoke dip, you know, and, (laughs) uh, you know, and, (laughs) oh man, all right. And so what happened was that, they, you know, that's laid out. And so when the Bible is saying that she was at Jesus' feet, it was the feet was away from the table. And so, when, so so think about it for a moment. Here she is. She comes in, and Jesus' feet is right here as he's laying down. And she's weeping. And as part of the weeping, then she lets go of her hair. And then she's uh, uh, wiping his feet. Uh, and then she takes out that expensive perfume an alabaster jar, and then she's blessing or pouring uh, this perfume on Jesus' feet. So I want to make sure at least, okay, hold on, give me a moment. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to at least, oh, hey, I got up, hey! I don't know if that applause was because he got up, yeah, or... (laughs) All right, so let me find myself here, all right. So I said, so, so I just want to make sure I, I, I shared that with you, so that way you can under, get an understanding um, of what was happening in that area and how she would physically be by his feet. So, that taking place, then your understanding. In verse 39 says, when the Pharisee, who had invited him, um, invited him, Jesus saw this, he said to himself, "Do me a favor. Can you say himself?" All right, keep that in mind, because that's very important. It says that the Pharisee who invited him saw this. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. So keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, that he said it to himself. Second of all, he was already saying if he was a prophet, meaning if Jesus was a prophet, because word in the communities were mentioning that here's this prophet who's speaking and he's doing miraculous things, and he's saying if he was a prophet, he would and he knew he would know who this woman is, that she is a sinner. But here's the kicker, is that he was thinking it to himself. That means that he didn't speak it. He didn't mumble it. He didn't whisper it. He thought it to himself. Let me pause there and say, because you're going to see what happened here. If we... Are not being real, if we are not being authentic, if we are not being genuine with our relationship with somebody, how can we build in that relationship? We will never—we we will struggle throughout time and time again, whether it's our relationship with our spouse, with our children, with our coworkers, with, it doesn't matter who it is, if we're not being real. And so this Pharisee is doing that. He's thought to himself this, and then this is what happens— Jesus, oh, switched on me here. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. First of all, he calls him by name, Simon. He said to the Pharisee, "I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher." Simon replied. Let me pause there. This is what I was ta- asking earlier. Here Simon the Pharisee was already something thinking he was he was present there He invited Jesus and in the midst of his presence. He's not saying it, but he's thinking it So he is actually showing something on the outside, but he is somebody different on the inside. Can you are you following me here? So Jesus catches on to that and one of the messages that we have for us today is that we got to be careful that we are not fake that we are genuine, real, and authentic, that whoever is on the outside is also in the heart and is also right in what they're saying and the care and the love that they have for you. So when Simon is saying this and Jesus responds to this, Oh, go ahead, teacher. Hmm. Simon replied, Verse 41 says, Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one from whom he canceled The larger debts. That's right, Jesus said. You see, the Pharisee was already thinking higher, better, self-righteous than the individual, the immoral woman, the sinner that he was speaking about, or thinking to himself. So if any time that someone is thinking better than anyone else, when the forgiveness happens, are they really going to truly say thank you? Are there, is their attitude more of a, of a grateful mind, of, a, of thanking God for that we have been forgiven? Maybe not because for us, maybe what we do, even the little white lies from here and there is certainly not as bad as someone who steals on a regular basis. There's no way that the level of sin it's, you know, one's a little bit better than the other. No, no, sin, as i shared with you before, is that sin is sin. And so therefore, as a sinning person, we all fall short of God's glory as based on Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We all fall of God's glory. All fall short. So we need his forgiveness, no matter if our, quote-unquote, sin is small or larger. But here is this message. The message is saying here, who do you think would love him more? Who do you think would be more in a, an appreciation for what their debt has been canceled? And so the Pharisee says, I suppose, the one with the larger debt. Let me use, for example, another, another example. It may not be a good example, but I, I, as I thought about it this morning, let's say someone drinks an alcoholic beverage for just to socialize. It's not on a regular basis just to socialize. But then another individual, if they take a drop of alcohol, they, it, they turn into a different person. I've personally seen it. You, maybe you have as well. And this individual, when they come before the presence of the Almighty God and say, God, I'm so sorry I have done this. I have, I'm an alcoholic, God. I have messed up my relationship with my wife or my husband. I have messed up my relationship with my children. I have messed up my relationship with my coworkers or my boss. I have messed—I've gone to jail, God. I've lost my driver's license. God, my whole life seems like it's going down and it's in the pits. God, I'm so sorry. And the person who just drinks on a, you know, socialized ways is still asked for forgiveness. It's almost like what this story, who do you think will be more grateful? That's for you to answer. Here, the Simon, the Pharisee, answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And at that moment, when Jesus asked that question of this Pharisee of Simon, he then, verse 44, then turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many. Let me pause there. Jesus knew that her sins were many. Still, Jesus, allow her to be with him. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. You see, her reaction in this story was based out of gratitude, was based out of love. But what she was doing in the very beginning was seeking where Jesus' presence was. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine, lady and gentlemen, how this woman must have felt? You know, sometimes when we think about why we go to church or or we're in God's presence. The Bible says, seek his kingdom first. Jesus was a servant, a leader, but he was more than that. He was a servant leader. And so what he was doing, wherever he was, people came to him. In our lives, as a leader of this church, as uh, and if you're a leader of your own company or have a boss or a leader of our nation, or things, we we have to realize that we go through things. And I come up here, and I've shared with you before. I come up here, I get excited, but doesn't mean that nothing, that everything that I had planned out this past week went just as planned. I wish it did. But no, I put all those stuff aside and I come to worship because if even an hour, like I was at 8 o'clock and here at 9 o'clock and then 10.30, even if it's four or five hours on a Sunday that gets my mind away from everything else and just really focus on God, I just want to be in his presence. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we are seeking the material things. We're seeking more of the blessings that God gives us versus just being in his presence. And here this woman, that was part of her reaction was to go and just worship. She is is putting her tears by him. She is wiping his feet. She's putting an expensive rare perfume on his feet. And then the result of of the midst of all that, of being in his presence, Jesus says, Go, you have been forgiven. You would think that that's all that happens, but in verse 49, the men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. When God does something for you that is for you, If this woman received, and she did, and the the woman received that forgiveness, it is a change in her life. But what happens is not everybody will always be pleased. The other men in the table were saying, Well, who is this man? and doesn't realize and celebrate what just took place was the forgiveness of sins. But they're more concerned of who is this man that he goes about forgiving people. You have to realize that Jesus was not only a prophet, he was more than a prophet. And those individuals were missing out on who they were at the table with. And when Jesus says, go, for you have been forgiven, that you have, go in peace, Jesus wasn't saying that there's going to be peace in the world all around her because in the midst of everything that goes around her, we still experience peace, the peace that only God can provide, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that Jesus gives you that the world doesn't give. That's the peace that we can have in our midst when we're asking for forgiveness. This peace comes in our hearts and say, I need to change God. I'm sorry that I've done this or I've said this. God, help me. Find the root cause of what's causing you to fall into the temptation because temptation will always come as how we respond to it, that we don't fall into that sin. We all fall short of God's glory, but that peace that she received is no longer that weight that she was on, I could imagine if she was in tears, it was more tears of joy, tears of celebration versus tears of guilt and condemnation. But if we look at the, uh, the scriptures of Romans chapter 8, it, and it won't be up on the screen, verses 1 and 2, and don't quote me on this because I'm just trying to think of what it did say, was there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And the the law of the life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. We need to choose that life, and the life is the, God, is the life that God can give us when we ask for forgiveness. Today, we're going to be taking communion, not that how we used to do the method of intention. so if you don't have the little cups... Uh, of uh, little wafers and their grape juice and you want to take communion today, make sure you, there, there's, uh, uh, they have them in the back. Make sure you grab one as we prepare our hearts and minds to do so. Today, a part of the communion, I want to go in this section here. Part of the communion, we're going to be saying the Lord's Prayer. But in the midst of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to stop when it says, forgive us our trespasses. So do me a favor. I know that you have your little cups. Hold off, hold off on them uh, from opening up anything. I'll let you know when the time comes. I want you to be centered. Think about the table that Christ is inviting us to. The Pharisee invited Jesus, and Jesus already knew what kind of person the Pharisee was, yet he still went to that house. Jesus, as he was at the table, he knew what kind of person this woman and moral woman was, and he even said, and, "And there are many sins." But still, Jesus allowed her to come in because Jesus wanted to forgive. On the night before he gave himself up for us, he was eating a meal with the disciples. and then he took the bread and he gave thanks. He then broke it, and he told them, "'Take and eat, for this is my body broken for you.'" He then took the cup. He gave thanks and told them drink from it all of you for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins when i first started this message i said that i was so excited cuz i get to do you know have we have communion today that the table has been set it is not the methodist table it is not any denominational table this is christ's table that now he is inviting you it's an invitation he's not pressuring you he's inviting you to come into his presence and and to remember what he has done for you and for me that his body was broken that his blood was shed for our sins that it, it shows love and it shows mercy it shows forgiveness And when we receive it, we can have that peace, I'm sure the peace similar to how this woman received it. So let's go into prayer. And uh, as I mentioned, when we go to the part of the asking for forgiveness for our trespasses, let's just pause. And at that moment, I want you to share to God. Ask for forgiveness then. Remember today we heard that Jesus knew the thoughts of the the Pharisee. When he kept it to himself, Jesus still knew what he said. So God hears us. God, as we come before your presence, we thank you for your word today as a reminder that we are sinners. That we do fall short of your glory but all oh, the joy and the faithful and, and the and the hope that we have is that as we come to you asking for forgiveness that we receive a cleansing that we receive the forgiveness so god as we as we go before you remembering the prayer that you taught your disciples When he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Hold it there, ladies and gentlemen. Forgive us our trespasses. God, hear us now. God, we're so thankful that you have heard us. That you have forgiven us. And knowing that we are forgiven, we can also have that that, that courage and the power to forgive others. As we forgive those who trespass against us,